0: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the bell house in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Hello, everybody. We have a great show, everybody. We have four brilliant contestants that are going to be up here playing our nerdy games. They are currently backstage cleaning everything with disinfectant wipes, (laughs) because they are smart. Uh, And one of them will be our big winner. I'm cleaning everything with disinfectant wipes. Are you nervous about the, uh, the coronavirus? So this is the thing. I was, on a, I was on a plane recently, sat down beside this guy. We looked at each other. We both pulled out disinfectant wipes and wiped down our tables and our seats while talking about the fact that we have small kids at home. And then we cheered with emergency. And then we took elderberry supplements. <laughs> and then we helped each other zip into our plastic suits so we could take a nap. You know, and... I felt heard and seen. Yeah. I felt I had a buddy.
0: Sounds like a restful, restful, <laughs> friendly trip. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I'm always scared. I have a four-year-old, and if you have a young kid, your entire life is germs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're just No, little... you're basically, you're, you, you are constantly ingesting the snot of all your kids' friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what, do you do anything? Are you washing your hands? What are you doing? Are you no, boiling yourself? No, I'm not washing yeah. my hands no, or anything. No, he's very strong. He's very strong.
0: No, I, I, I haven't really changed my behavior. just gonna leave it at that (laughs) you know how I roll hygiene wise
1: guys we have an amazing guest on our show we have musician Dan Deacon yes Dan Deacon has collaborated with the New York City Ballet and he's gonna be here with us at a bar in Brooklyn how far you have fallen Dan Deacon His music is very layered, and it crosses genres. It occupies the space in between, like, electro, pop, and indie rock. It's kind of like Death Cab for Skrillex. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dan's interests, so we do a lot of research on our guest, and his interests include Lord of the Rings, the board game Settlers of Catan, uh, the movie Total Recall, and Twin Peaks. I actually had to print out a picture of him and staple it to my script to make sure I was interviewing him and literally not just any one of our listeners. (laughs) It's perfect. We also have a game about WebMD. I will admit, I have have Googled my problems. (laughs) In a desperate moment, I Googled how to cure disappointment. (laughs) Yep, and what came back was mostly things about how to cure salmon properly to avoid disappointments. And I gotta tell you, I felt better. All right, let's play some games. Our first game is about diseases and hip-hop. It's the intersection between sick and sick. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Donya Schreeder. You research artificial intelligence at Columbia University. Donya, your current goal is to have better internet. What does that mean?
2: It's not faster internet. Yeah. It's that I was meandering on the internet. I had like no real sites I went to or anything. So I got on Twitter for the first time yeah. in 2020. Now I follow like interesting things and yeah. I'm getting like actual links and like fun animal facts. Fun animal facts? Yeah. Okay. What's a good one? Um, apparently, scientists still haven't seen eels spawn together. They swim all the way out to the sea in the Caribbean, and that's, like, where they mate. And no like, one's seen it. Not a scientist. Well, it's private. That's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a- that's amazing.
1: Now I have a new goal, so thank you. <laughs> Danya, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Elizabeth Filipovich. You recently got your master's in public health. Yes. And speaking of health, you once biked at a soul cycle class next to Michelle Obama. Yes. All right. So, were you nervous, or
2: were you competitive? Um, yeah, I was sobbing the entire time. <laughs> what are you? Uh, it Seriously? Was New- yeah, yeah, it was New Year's Day 2017, and the instructor was like, we made it through 2016, we're going to make it through 2017. And, like, next to Michelle Obama, I was weeping. And like, It was, um, yeah, she was beautiful. She tapped it back like no other. Like,
1: <laughs> Elizabeth, when you ring in, we'll hear this. This word game is called WebMC. We've mashed up rap and hip hop artists with medical conditions you might look up on WebMD. (laughs) Let's go to Jonathan Colton for an example.
0: So, if we said, perhaps this artist performed no time and not tonight because of trouble performing in the bedroom, you would answer, Lil (laughs) Kimpotence. Mashing yeah. up Lil' Kim and Impotence.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really how we are starting the show. Okay. After releasing To Pimp a Butterfly and winning the Pulitzer Prize for Music, this elderly 32 year old artist developed rheumatoid joint inflammation. Donya.
2: Kendrick Lamarthritis? Yes!
1: Actually, the response to that is, damn! <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's hard to walk eight miles when you're in recovery after suffering this artery blockage. <laughs> Elizabeth.
2: Oh, I blanked. Um, M&M. m m M&M myocardial infarction. <laughs> <laughs> Just give her the point. I yeah, the I one. know. <laughs> Yeah. It's, a it's, a, it's a heart attack. It's a heart it's
0: attack. It's a heart attack. It's a heart attack. I don't know if that is that gonna count as a artery blockage. Yeah, we'll we'll accept that. We'll accept that.
1: <laughs> this Atlanta artist's hits include Whatever You Like and Live Your Life. On his reality show, The Family Hustle with his wife Tiny, he disclosed this intestinal disorder that can cause pain, bloating, and constipation. Elizabeth.
2: T I B S. Yeah, T-I-V-S is
1: correct. The musician behind This Is America goes by his real name, Donald Glover, when he visits the doctor to treat this problem resulting from dry nasal membranes. Elizabeth.
2: Childish Gambino (laughs) is the artist. Um, I'm, I'm... thinking of otolaryngitis but I feel like that's not the right answer right. considering my track record
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's right you work in the health space this
2: you could just go all um, all the time with this no I think I'm out <laughs> okay, okay. Donya, can you steal childish gambi nose dryness <laughs>
1: Like I feel, I feel like it, it's it's close.
0: You're gonna you're gonna
1: take that nose dryness.
0: Okay, that's okay, the ruling. yeah, sure.
1: We the, we were actually looking for nosebleed. <laughs> See, even you don't think we should take it now.
0: Yeah, no, it's close enough. It's close enough. Uh, listen, it's no myocardial infarction. <laughs> that's right. All right, you will be relieved to hear this is your last clue. <laughs> His mixtape was called Coloring Book, but this Chicago artist is concerned with a very adult problem that might be treated with a little blue pill. Elizabeth.
2: Chance the Rapper. And...
0: Adult problem that might be yeah, treated with Yeah, I just a can't little... think
2: of the word for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, I think I'm out. Okay, I'm going go to go to Danya. Danya, do you know the answer? chance the rap for a tile dysfunction. Yeah, that's correct.
1: <laughs> Great game and Danya is in the lead. Yeah. This next game is about musicals based on historic events like the assassination of Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> We'll play a snippet from a musical. You just tell us what real person, place, or event from history is being sung about. Donya, stay in the lead, and you're in the final round. Elizabeth, you need to get more points, or we will replace your cat with James Corden. <laughs> Here we go. What are these poor dopes so excited about in this musical about a disaster in 1912? I can't be a boy. Elizabeth. The
2: Titanic. That is correct. Yes.
1: In the musical Annie, what president are these people blaming for the loss of their wealth during the Great Depression? Elizabeth. Herbert Hoover. That is correct, yeah. S- sucked up all the money. Okay, who is being sung about in this clip from ragtime? Speed
3: up the belt, speed up the belt,
2: Elizabeth. Henry Ford. Yeah, that's correct. Henry Ford.
1: Ooh, do you think there's going to be a Ford versus Ferrari musical? There's totally going to be a, yeah. All right, this is your last clue. What's being fought about in this song from 1776?
3: Mr. Adams, I say you should write it. To your legal mind and brilliance we defer.
1: Is
4: that so? Well, if I'm the one to do it. They'll run their quill pens through it. I'm obnoxious and disliked, you know that, sir. Yes, I know. But I say you should write it, Franklin. Yes,
1: you. Donya. The Declaration of Independence. That is correct, yeah. <laughs> All right, great game. Uh, both of you are amazing. Those are two really hard games. So uh, well done, both of you. And it looks like after two games, Elizabeth is going to the final round. Do you have what it takes to be an Ask Me Another contestant? Prove it. Go to amatickets.org to apply. Coming up, I'll talk to electro-pop musician and composer Dan Deacon and challenge him to a game about board games. Forget astrology, you know exactly who you are by the monopoly piece you choose. You may think you're a thimble, but you're a top hat. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor StoryPoint Vineyards, maker of StoryPoint, a new wine brand who believes that wine and storytelling are the perfect pair. Much like a good podcast, StoryPoint builds layers of interest into their wine to create a bold, velvety taste profile in every bottle. Discover why StoryPoint received Wine Enthusiasts Best Buy Award. Visit storypointvineyards.com another to purchase. As a special offer to NPR listeners, shipping is included in your order. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Zoom Phone is a top-tier cloud phone solution with the same ease of use and reliability that you've come to expect from Zoom meetings. Zoom Phone works seamlessly within the Zoom app as your business phone system to make and receive phone calls, capture call recordings, and easily escalate to video if the need arises. And it works wherever you are, in the office or on your mobile device. Sign up for Zoom Phone online at zoom.com. And meet happy with Zoom. On a secret military
5: recording, a sound so haunting, one scientist believed it could change the world.
2: My mind was racing as I listened to this, and I thought, this, this is the way.
5: Join NPR's Invisibilia for the first episode of our new season.
0: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. It's time for our special guest. He's a composer and musician. His latest album, Mystic Familiar, is out now. Please welcome Dan Deacon. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank
4: you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being part of
1: it. You're a composer. You make electropop. So when people think of EDM, for example, they think Skrillex and Daft Punk and and Dead Mouse. You cross genres, but how did you even get
4: into this genre of music?
1: What what brought you there?
4: I hate to exercise. (laughs) Yes. And um, my family had a computer. What kind of computer was it? One of those, like... Beige computer. Remember, computers were beige. Yes, they were all beige. You all know what I'm talking about? It was a beige computer, and like they weren't black. They were not white. No, they were yet beige. beige, tan, beige, khakis. were in My dad bought it off of like a friend, and like it had this like custom boot up screen. He bought it for his pest control company, but for some reason, it had this MIDI program on it, and I I didn't know what MIDI was. If you're not familiar with MIDI, it's a protocol for writing electronic music and mm-hmm. sending information to students. <laughs> <laughs> I just fell in love with it. You just kept going with it, and you know
1: you do something that sets you apart from other musicians in this genre. And I'm just wondering when, when you went to live EDM shows, did you watch them and think there's something missing here? There's an
4: opportunity. I started making electronic music again. It was with a beige computer, um, not a laptop. And there was this was kind of like 2001, 2002, when like IDM, the like arrogant uncle of edm was like emerging yeah. and every show at the knitting factory were like four people being like i got this custom-made laptop and now i'm gonna stand here for 40 minutes and play esoteric sounds that aren't enjoyable to listen to while standing and so you'd stand there for 40 minutes and be like i can't dance to this uh doesn't sound good in this room there's nothing to watch I hate this. Right. And then I would go home and be like, time for me to make some electronic music. (laughs) Perfect. Um, So I started thinking there has to be, like, theater to the performance. If you're going to put something on stage, there should be something to watch. You you go into your audience
1: and you you put them to
4: work. I try to make the show as comfortable as possible so that way when it does become like, okay, now we're going to do basically, like, uh, summer camp activities for the next two and a half hours. It isn't, like, a grueling punishment. Yeah. And you also don't have to do it. Like, I'm going to throw magicians under the bus here, but I think magicians... They require <laughs> I really wish it. they were, like, some boo, don't start talking about magicians. And magicians do a lot of damage to the art form that is audience participation. Um, so that's why I'm very anti-magic, anti-magicians at all. <laughs> Uh, well, I think a lot of people here audience participation, they're like, oh, my God, you're going to make fun of me, well, and that's everyone's exactly. going to, oh, my God. And, like, that's the last thing I want. I, and it, the oldest one is a, a dance contest where I just ask people to make a clearing in the room, and I pick two people, and if they don't want to do it, I ask them to pick other people. And the reason I started this is I was playing a show. I can't remember. It was called um, the Apocalypse Lounge. And it was somewhere in the Lower East Side... And I'd never played a good show in New York. Like, everything had been, like, Friends of Friends or the other bands or just the promoter being like, we could just both go home right now. <laughs> right. Um, so the show is... <laughs> Anyone who's ever played music knows exactly the show I'm talking about. Being like, I'm good if you're good, right? Who wants to call it? Yeah. Um, so I'm playing this show, and it's... I mean, granted, it's smaller than this stage, but it is packed, like illegally packed. And it's in this basement, and it's, it's, for the first time, it's working, and the power goes out. Um, I'm like, no, but it's just the power on the PA system, not on the one light bulb in the center of the room. <laughs> and I know if everyone goes upstairs, they're going to go to the bar. They're not going to come back down. It's just it's not going to happen. The set's over. Yeah. So I just start rambling, just like, "I make a circle! Make a circle! Uh, <laughs> what am I do? And like, you're going to dance like if Jurassic Park was Bart Simpson? And like, and I'm just like, we have to keep the momentum going. So I'm just stalling for time, rambling about this dance contest. Eventually, they get the PA on, and it worked. And now the audience, for some reason, though there was no stage and no one could see me, at that point, everyone was still facing the same direction. But for the rest of the show, everyone was looking towards the center of the room. And I was like, this is how I will one day own a home. Um, (laughs) That's kind of where I'm at.
1: That's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, a lot of time has passed between you on the beige computer... On your new album, Mystic Familiar, you, you sing with your natural singing voice. You know you don't normally do much of that. A lot of times you're using pitch modulators mm-hmm. uh, and different ways to distort your voice. So what, what pushed you to make that decision?
4: I used to be really into absolute music, music that had no meaning, and it was just to be listened to for its uh, aesthetic value and just for the, the texture or the rhythm or the melody. But I, I was like, all right, the voice carries this... It's this instrument that can do something that no other instrument... Like, if trombones could have, like, lyrical content, I would definitely be like, oh, these trombones gotta, you know, be singing. Yeah. But for some reason, with my own voice, I was like, no one shall ever hear it. (laughs) And I just wanted to... I don't know. I was feeling really emotionally raw and very vulnerable, and, like... uh, I was just like, I really wanted to write a song that was just piano and vocals, uh, because I don't play the piano and I don't sing. Perfect. I was like, this would be great for my career. (laughs) Dan,
1: before the show, you told us that you're into board games, specifically Settlers of Catan, and a game called Cave Evil. You it's want a to board break game. Down,
4: I'll break down the full game mechanics. Just Yeah, uh, so give, you, me, give you, me
1: three hot points.
4: You are an evil necromancer, and you are in the pit of eternal darkness.
1: <laughs> that sounds so and fun. And
4: what you want to do is to build squads of creatures, large, small, and medium, to do battle against other necromancers to kill them so you can rule this pit of ultimate shadow. But here's the kicker. If you don't do it in in, uh, a certain period of time, the ultimate evil emerges and the whole game shifts and you have to defeat the ultimate evil. And so you can play this game for eight hours and the game wins and no one wins. The game wins. The game can win.
1: So, okay, still for your quiz, as we know... Some board games are exciting. They have topics like space, travel, fantasy, war, exciting stuff, and some are mundane. And they build on topics like real estate. Yes. This quiz is called Fun Game, Boring Theme. I'll describe a board game. You tell me if it's one of the top 100 board games, according to the users on BoardGameGeek.com, or a fake game we made up. And if you do well enough, listener Holly Peterson from Somerville, South Carolina, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Holly, I'm so sorry. (laughs) No. All right, here's your first one. Become an ornithologist in this scientifically accurate game where your goal is to use worms and berries to attract the best birds to your aviary or nature preserve.
4: That's a real game.
1: That is a real game called Wingspan.
4: Of course I knew that. Have you played it? No, but before I uh, came on this show, I watched Salvador Dali on What's My Line? (laughs) And his strategy was to say yes to everything. (laughs) (laughs) Ask me another. You got it. Live your
1: dream working for a utility like Con Ed or PG&E. Buy power plants and build the best infrastructure to win. And because it's a board game, you can still play if the actual power goes out.
4: I actually know this is a real game.
1: Yeah, that's right, Power Grid. Grid. Yeah, Yeah, that's right, real game.
4: Not as uh, enthusiastic crowd response for Power Grid. People are like Bird Game. Bird Game sounds pretty cool. Yeah, Bird Game. (laughs) Well, Utility Bill Game. That does not sound. Not fun at all.
1: Yeah, you just mentioned Con Ed, and everyone gets very Mm. sad. They're like, (laughs) ugh. You won't want to move like a snail in this game about snail mail. Players are delivered random assortments of letters, and then they race in real time to sort out the junk mail. You lose points for accidentally discarding paychecks and wedding invitations.
4: I'm gonna regret this, but I'm gonna say not a real game.
1: Not a real game. That is a fake game. Yeah, nobody knows what mail is. All right, turn your sewing circle into an octagon of death. In this cutthroat competition to make the best quilt, you'll be on pins and needles as you try to grab the best patches to finish your blanket.
4: Patchwork, real.
1: That is real, patchwork, yeah. <clears throat> to play your game.
4: I've often I've wanted to play this game, but I'm like, I should just learn how to quilt.
1: <laughs> you can also play it on your phone.
4: Whoa. Yeah,
1: that's right. So, I have to go. <laughs> that's right. All right. Compete to plan the best wedding on a shoestring budget. The choice is yours. Hire a DJ or use Spotify. Get a photographer or post an Instagram hashtag. Offer an open bar or just beer and wine. Fail and you'll be on the receiving end of a scathing Yelp review.
4: Zola is not a game. I'm going to go with not real.
1: <laughs> not, real. not real. It's not real. Not <laughs> real. There are wedding-themed games. They're usually more upbeat. However, I found that there is Divorce the game. That is a board game. Uh, It simulates all the fun of a divorce, including lawyers, child custody, alimony, and tax fraud. (laughs) (laughs) Last clue. Okay. The villagers demand flax.
4: Oh, no. This one's going to be thousands of games.
1: You are their only hope. Play as a flax farmer in this game that takes place over four and a half years. Help relieve the fiber-deprived townspeople, and you could unblock the path to victory.
4: Um, Wow, this copy is brilliant. I'm going with not real.
1: That's real. It's a real game. It's called Fields of Arla.
4: And this is one of the top 100 games. Yes.
1: It also features. It's about
4: getting enough fiber.
1: It's, yeah. It, it, it fe- I have some details. It features a textile house based on a real shop run by the game designer's mother and grandfather. Had you said that, I would have known this <laughs> was a real how game. You know, of course.
4: What is that game called?
1: It's called Fields of Arla.
4: Fields of Arla. Yeah,
1: it's about flax. But guess what? You did well enough. Holly Peterson and you have won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. Congratulations. All right, thank you. Stan thank you. Very Dan will be back later to play another game in the show, but right now give it up for Dan Deacon everybody. <laughs> what our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next two contestants will play a game about sibling rivalries. Not every sibling pair can be as functional as the sisters in Fleabag. Mm-hmm. Let's meet them. (laughs) First up, Molly Rubin. You're a video journalist, but you say the longest year of your life was spent being a PA on a true crime show. Indeed. <laughs> True
5: crime all the time. All
1: right. What were, kind of, what were a few of the things that you had to do that made it uh, the longest year?
5: Oh, gosh. All sorts of things. When yeah. you go into the murder business, I had to <laughs> you know, pick up convicted felons from the airport, get them coffee, ask what they would you know, prefer to eat and hang out with them all day. Yeah. I had to look at crime scene photos oh. and order them from least gory to most gory. It oh, was <laughs> quite a lot. Probably the most interesting thing that I had to do as part of this was I was the main actress in all of the recreations. (laughs) So (laughs) I think acting is a generous term, but I had to source, you know, like 70s, like nightgowns and moo's and then pretend to be a murder victim in a cold field in New Jersey in the middle of the night rolling around as they pretend I'm being tortured and murdered. So.
1: I didn't even occur to me that they are you know, PAs and et cetera who are working just on the show. Yeah, passion for murder. <laughs> okay, so when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Daniel Varghese. You're a writer specifically for tech and lifestyle products for GQ. All right, have you come across
3: any good gadgets recently that have changed your life? No, all gadgets are bad. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Like tech is the worst thing in the world. It is. It is just a disaster. What people think, people who make tech have no idea what real people want. Yeah. Uh, And so everything that they make is just a bizarre. Like it. It it feels like it comes from like the world from Stranger Things, where it's just like they're like, what you want is a phone that the the old like, and it's just they. Nobody wants it.
1: I can't wait to read your column.
3: (laughs) It's it's uh, it's written in this voice. It it's is like
1: just yeah. scathing yeah. reviews about how no piece of technology understands what humans need.
3: Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: Daniel, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Molly and Daniel, whoever has more points after two games will go to the final round. Siblings. Sometimes they fight, sometimes they take the gloves off. In this trivia game called Sibling Rivalries, every answer is a famous pair of siblings and will deliver the clues as if they were in a boxing match. Here we go. Prepare for the fracas of the rackets. They're siding up to their corners on piles of medals. Do we see a few Olympic gold ones in there? We do. They're ready to deliver a Wimbledon whacking.
3: Daniel. The Williams sisters. That is correct.
1: Yes, Venus and Serena Williams. In this corner,
0: a hot Australian who survived the Avengers franchise. In this corner, another hot Australian who survived the Hunger Games franchise. Molly. Hemsworth? Hemsworth? That's right. Chris and Liam Hemsworth.
1: Mm -hmm. You got to know there's a third brother who works in a warehouse (laughs) or something. There is. His name is Luke, I believe. Luke? Yeah. (laughs) Coming down from Brokeback Mountain, this contender might seem Mysterio, but he's no match for the deuce. She may look like the kindergarten teacher or secretary, but his sister is a twister. Daniel. Franco? Sorry, that is incorrect. Molly, can you steal... Hall? That is correct. Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal. That's good. Okay.
0: Don't let the Brotherhood 2.0 facade fool you behind their chummy YouTube personas. These guys are out for complete, mutually assured annihilation. Blame the fault in our stars, but it will be an absolutely remarkable thing if these vloggers get out of the ring without vlogging each other senseless. Daniel. John and Hank Green. Yeah, you got it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They're the modern-day Bronte sisters. (laughs)
3: That's really kind. Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Scary, right? Sad. Maybe sad. <laughs> Choosing a winner in this match is harder than finding out you've been living in a computer simulation. With both of these opponents showing off speed racer moves, they're stoking a vendetta for the ages.
3: Oh. Cohen Brothers.
1: Daniel, I'm sorry that is okay. incorrect. <laughs> Molly, can you steal? Uh, brother, writer, directors, D- Duffer Brothers? I'm sorry, also incorrect. We were looking for the Wachowskis, Uh, Lana and Lily Wachowski. uh, Brothers, the Wachowski brothers, because their birth names were Larry and Andrew, but actually the Wachowskis are both trans women, Lana and Lily. And they have done The Matrix, Cloud Atlas. They are incredible.
0: We're seeing the clash of the quarterbacks tonight, folks. In one corner, this MVP is snorting like a Bronco and brandishing a brass knuckle made out of Super Bowl rings. Is that even legal? And in the other corner, another MVP with another brass knuckle of Super Bowl rings. It's going to take more than a beanstalk to bring down this giant. Daniel. Manning? Yeah, that's right. Peyton and Eli Manning.
1: one football clue, everyone. (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right, this is your last clue. Buzzing from the hive. This queen is dousing the lemonade and ready to keep it fierce against the solo star. And I think her sister is yelling, wait when I get home. This match is going to rival the crater in the elevator. Beyonce and Solange Knowles. That is correct. Yes. (laughs) Okay, Great game. It is a tie, everybody. Coming up, Dan Deacon returns to play another game. He's a composer, so naturally his game is about decomposition. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
5: The following message comes from our sponsor, Chipotle whose new queso blanco is made with milk sourced from Wisconsin farmers like Brianna Handel. Brianna and her family bought their farm in 2016 and are working to pay off their debts so they can make the farming life a viable
2: future for their kids. I know so many um, older generation farms that are still so far in debt, and then they're just passing it on to the next generation and hoping they're going to get out. Well, they probably have to get into debt themselves, the younger generation, to get started. And then they're accumulating their parents' debt. And I don't want that for my kids. So we we really do try hard to get the farm paid down if they do want to farm. But I will completely understand if they do not want to farm because they do see the struggles that go with it. But if they are going to farm, I want the farm to be in a good position financially that we could be in a position to help them out, actually.
5: To learn more about how Chipotle is working to reinvigorate farming, go to chipotle.com slash farmers. Hi, I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and I am the new host of NPR's TED Radio Hour. I am so excited because we are working on a bunch of new, amazing episodes. We're exploring big ideas about reinvention, making amends, and the psychological effects of climate change. Our first show drops March 13th. Please join me
0: this is npr's ask me another i'm jonathan colton now here's your host ophira eisenberg
1: thanks jonathan before the break we met our contestants molly and daniel our next game involves numbers they're like letters but they go on forever (laughs) Molly, you and your fiancé love museums, and you have a goal right now to see all of the Met because someone said it is impossible to see all of the Met. And I said, I take you on that challenge. Yeah. And not only am I seeing all of the rooms, I'm
5: doing it in numerical order, which is an incredibly difficult task. It's been about two years. Two years? I have modern art and 19th century European paintings
1: left. Yeah, I feel like there's a common thing, people go into the Met, they're like, Temple of Dendor, mm-hmm. or whatever, like, and then they're out, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I think the first time I ventured downstairs, and I was like, Frank Lloyd Wright lives here? <laughs> Daniel, you are chess obsessed.
3: Yeah, sure. But it's a new thing. It's it's a new thing. So with all new obsessions, it's burning bright right now. Yeah.
1: How long have you been uh, playing chess?
3: Well, I mean, I played in in elementary school, and I was horrible. And then I stopped, (laughs) which is what you do when you're bad at a thing. You just kind of give up. Uh, And then I, I was just hanging out with a friend, and there was a chess table nearby like a year and a half ago. And we picked it up, and I, like, crushed him. Like, I obliterated this man like I I I, we played three games and I won like so handily that I started playing online and immediately started getting crushed again Um, which has been great actually it's been like nice to kind of try to grow as a person and also study and get better slowly
1: your next game is a music parody game called by the numbers win this game and you're in the final round if you lose your number is up
0: we changed the lyrics of songs with a number in the title and made them about things related to that number so guess the thing that I'm singing about, and if you're correct for a bonus point, you can name the original song or the artist who made it famous. You ready? Sure. OK, mm-hmm. here we go. Start with any note, babe. A, B, C, or D. Find a higher note, babe. let doubled up the frequency. C, D, E, F. G, A, B, C, the span between these notes, babe, is called a what? Molly. A musical scale? Mm, That's a fine guess. That's not what we were looking for. Daniel, do you know know the answer? Is it a a whole step? (laughs) Also not what we were looking for. (laughs) We were looking for octave. Oh, Oh. because of course the song is eight days a week. week, Yeah, that's right. No points for either of you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Bummer. Here's your next one. A little due process feels so nice. You're my favorite part of the Bill of Rights. Self incrimination makes me blue, but I don't have to testify thanks to you. (laughs) Molly. The Fifth Amendment? Yeah, that's correct. Fifth (laughs) Amendment? Uh, For a bonus point, can you name the original song or artist?
5: Mambo number five.
0: Yeah, that's right, Lubega.
3: Here's
0: your next one. When I sing these lyrics, your ossicles quiver, so you can hear what I say. They're named for the shapes of the tools they resemble. They vibrate inside of your head. <laughs> don't look at me like that. <laughs> Daniel. Is it a, a synapse? Uh, hmm. That's a good guess, but that's incorrect. Molly, do you know the answer?
5: I feel like you're talking about nose hairs, but I don't know the number that goes with it. Nose hair. Like how many nose hairs <laughs> yeah,
1: the average person has? I don't know. No, everybody has the
0: same have? number of nose hairs. You didn't know that?
1: You're, you born, you're born with the same number of nose hairs that you die with. <laughs> yes. Did you That's know right. that?
0: It's actually just one hair. It's it goes just, in and out. It's
1: very long. <laughs> uh,
0: it's actually not nose hairs. We were looking for uh, the bones of the middle ear. Oh.
3: All right. <laughs> That's not a number. Yeah, what's the well, number?
0: There are, don't, guys, don't yell at me. <laughs> uh, there are three bones in the middle ear, and uh, that was Three Times a Lady by the Commodores. Okay. I'm gonna see them all. Always keep my telescope pointing up At Ursa Major, y'all. It's a curved handle on a giant cup. Molly. Constellations? Can you be more specific? Uh, The Big Dipper? Yeah, Big Dipper.
5: That's what we're looking for. Uh, Can you name the original song or artist? Seven Nation Army by White Stripes.
0: That's right. And there are seven stars in the constellation of the Big Dipper. This game totally makes sense, even (laughs) if you guys think it doesn't.
1: (laughs) But I like it when we work together. Yeah, it's good. good. We're putting on a show. It's great. We'll lead ya.
0: Here's your next one. My language skills are strong. In second grade, I wrote a poem. Five, seven, five. It was just three lines long, but in Japanese, just to show them. Five, seven, five. Molly. Haiku. A haiku, that is correct. Yeah. For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist?
5: Uh, Fleetwood Mac. I'm blanking on
0: the name. I'm sorry, it's technically it is not Fleetwood oh, Mac.
5: Is it Stevie Nicks?
0: It is Stevie Nicks, and that's called The Edge of Seventeen for the 17 syllables in a haiku.
1: Mm-hmm. Such a relief when someone says, can I read you some of my poetry? Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh-uh, and they're like, it's a haiku. You're like, all right. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Go
4: ahead.
1: <laughs> I'm a
0: Mac for you my antibodies fine for a transfusion i'm an a not o or b or a b so there's no confusion molly blood type blood types that's right for a bonus point can you name the song or artist
5: slave for you by britney spears yeah
0: you got it four basic blood types and there's a number four in the title of the song.
1: It's good. Just to
0: let you know the consistency of the game making sense. See?
1: See? See?
0: (laughs) All right, this is your last clue. The answer is there inside your wallet I would guess That stack of crisp Ulysses grants that you possess Yes, it's a large denomination. I'm impressed, but won't you please just pay for your kombucha, Daniel? Is it a $50 bill? It certainly is. You're correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bonus point if you can name the song or artist. I don't know the song. <laughs>
1: Fifty ways to leave your lover.
0: Yeah, that's right, Molly. Fifty ways to leave your lover by Paul Simon.
1: Great game. Both of you, fantastic. And after two games, Molly is going to our final round. The final round is coming up, but first it's time for us to play a game with our special guest. Please welcome back to the stage, Dan Deacon, everybody. I left and came back. So, Dan, the music video for your song, Sat by a Tree, it's a time lapse video of our friend, comedian Aparna Nanchurla, her body decaying into the earth.
4: Yes, it is. Uh,
1: okay, a friend of yours, how did you decide that Aparna should play this part?
4: Uh, that's a great question. I met Aparna at Max FunCon, yeah. which is like a, a wonderful collection of nerds that I go to every year. I tend to DJ the party, and Aparna did a set. And immediately fell in love with the set. And I feel like Aparna's delivery and her cadence and her facial expressions are so vital to the, her performance. And luckily, immediately was like, sure, yeah, it was a bunch of bugs. Sounds good.
1: <laughs> That's great. Inspired by your video for Sat by a Tree and your love of audience participation, we're gonna play a special edition of our game, Wisdom of the Crowd. It's called Decomposition Competition. So before the show, we asked our audience to estimate how long various things take to decay.
4: Please know this. Super
1: fun. And then we averaged together their guesses, and I'm going to ask you the same questions. And we're going to find out who came closer, you or the crowd. According to popular mechanics, approximately how many weeks does it take for a banana peel to decompose when thrown on the ground?
4: Oh, God. Wouldn't it be different in like a humid environment instead of an arid environment?
1: True. Okay, we are going with a average environment. Okay.
4: <laughs> That's good to know. That's yeah. good to know. Um, well, I don't know anything about this, so I'm going to say 6 weeks. Okay. Very good answer. Thank the you.
1: audience guessed 30 weeks. The real answer is 104 weeks. What? Bananas? I know. Although they we decompos- got to stop these bananas. <laughs> so they decompose quickly in compost, but if they are just on the ground, it takes much longer. And park rangers around the world have asked hikers to not discard banana peels and apple cores just on the path for this reason.
4: I said six.
1: <laughs> it takes a long time. A lot so, of... it's
4: a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I guess it does for a hundred. 104? Two years. That's two years. Exactly. See, I would measure that in two years, not 104 <laughs> weeks. Well, <laughs> all
1: right, all right, all right. How about this one? According to NASA, how many billions of years will it take for the sun to exhaust its nuclear fuel and turn into a white dwarf?
4: How many billions of years for just the sun, our little old sun? Just the little old sun. This is according to NASA, too, right? Let's so... go with. Uh didn't work out so well for me last time but i'm going to go with 6 weeks. <laughs> okay, good answer. Thank you. The
1: audience said 10 billion years. That is a
4: pretty big difference.
1: So the audience thinks the sun has 10 billion years left. I could still be closer. You said 6 weeks. 6 weeks. The answer is 6.5 billion no, years.
4: They got me there. No, it was well, close. Though, it was to close. Be fair. It
1: was close. All right. This is your last one. In 2018, a writer for the online magazine, The Outline, conducted a non-scientific study. Into My the, kind of study? <laughs> yes. Into the lifespan of internet memes. Mm-hmm. So according to his findings, how many months did it take for an average meme to fade from popularity and flatline on Google?
4: I'm trying to think of what memes have come and gone. You know, I think we're all getting a little wistful thinking about all the memes in our lives that are no longer... <laughs>
1: I mean, the one. The d- memes
4: we should have liked, we haven't liked recently, maybe we should have liked them. Uh, all right. Well, this um, is very lighthearted. It's a non-scientific. Six weeks.
1: Six weeks. <laughs> the audience guessed that it takes
4: 4.625 months. And the answer is four months. Four months. Wait, this is according to the non-scientific study?
1: Yes, it's, okay. a, it's a writer from the online six magazine. Six weeks. The on- <laughs> You did great. Thank you. I've Dan, got none you did of fantastic. those right. Dan's new album, Mystic Familiar, is out now, and he kicks off his North American tour later this month. Give it up for Dan Deacon, everybody. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists, Elizabeth Filipovich, who soul-cycled next to Michelle Obama, and Molly Rubin, who, as a production assistant on a true crime show, had to put photos in order from least to most gory. All right, Elizabeth and Molly, you need to be smart and strategic to win our grand prize, which is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Dan Deacon. The first contestant to bank eight points wins. There are multiple categories. Each category has four clues. Each clue is worth one point. Your first category is two-timers. Who won it twice? And the first clue is always a toss-up, so ring in to answer. She won the Grammy for Album of the Year for the albums 21 and 25. Elizabeth. Adele. That is correct. All right, Elizabeth, you have one point. Uh, and control of the category. To keep going and earn up to three more points, just say, ask me another. But the risk is, if you miss a clue, your opponent can steal control of the category and all the points you haven't banked. So what will it be? Ask me another. He won the Pulitzer Prize for drama, for fences, and the piano lesson. August Wilson? That is correct.
2: What do you want to do? Ask me another.
1: This country won the FIFA Men's World Cup in 1998 and 2018. Spain. Sorry, that is incorrect.
0: Molly, if you know the answer to this question, you will steal Elizabeth's two points and take control.
1: Germany? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. The answer is France. Mm. Okay, okay, so
0: Molly was unable to steal those two points. Stay with you, Elizabeth. You are now in the lead two to zero.
1: Okay, here's your next category. It's economics. Ring in to answer. With Frederick Ingalls, he wrote The Communist Manifesto. Elizabeth. Karl Marx. That is correct. What would you like to do? I'm good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Playing it safe. All right, banking that one point. You're now
1: ahead three to zero. Your next category is chew some gum. Ring in. Halitosis is the technical term for this condition. Molly. Bad breath. That is correct. What would you like to do? Ask me another. Pike Place Market Theater Wall is famously covered in used chewing gum. It is located in this city Seattle. That is correct. Ask me another. This chewing gum brand is represented by a rainbow zebra named Yipes. Double bubble. Sorry, that is incorrect, Elizabeth. Fruit stripe. That is correct.
0: Okay, you stole two points, and you got a point for that answer. You now have three, and control of the category.
1: What would you like to do, Elizabeth? There's one clue left in this category. Okay, I'm good.
0: Okay, banking those three points, you now have six.
1: Your next category is dead Google products. Ring in. In 2011, Google took down its online version of this reference. Competitors include the OED and Merriam-Webster. Elizabeth. Elizabeth dictionary? That is correct.
0: All right, Elizabeth, you are within striking distance of victory. If you get this next one correct, you will win the game.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: We're all very excited. What about
1: it. would you like to do? You can make a choice though. You can Oh,
2: oh, right, right, ask me another. Sorry.
1: <laughs> this symbol is found in the name of one of Google's failed social networks and in the names of Disney and Apple's TV streaming services. Plus That is correct. Congratulations, Elizabeth. You are her big winner. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey,
0: my name is anagrams to thou jolt a cannon.
1: Our puzzles were written by Sean Goal, Madeline Kaplan, Mary Tobler, Emily Winter, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kate Villa. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Sachow, Ramel Wood, and our intern Nick Garrison. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by the masterful Damon Whittemore.
0: Idea Worth Moment.
1: Noriko Okabe. Cookie Baron, And David Hurtgen. And a huge thank you to Frank Bianco. Cobra Inc. Fan. Rick Kwan. Warren Kick. Bill Moss. Lim Loss. Kristen Muller. Killer Sternum. And Jay Russo. Jury as so. We'd also like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harite Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. (laughs) Hey, Washingtonians. Ask Me Another is hitting the road and heading to you. We will be live at the Lincoln Theater on Saturday, March 28th. For an evening of comedy, trivia, word games, and a very special guest. You don't want to miss it. For tickets and more information, go to amatickets.org. Time on Ask Me Another, we're in San Antonio, Texas, with Texas troubadour Robert Earl Keane, and he walks us through his first forays into music, what it's like to play at Willie Nelson's picnic, and his Americana podcast. Then it's Tex-Mex time as we play a game about unconventional guacamole recipes. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg on Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.